you're right, the books are very popular amongst reluctant readers. And what that means is there are, you know, I, there are literally millions of kids reading these books that may not have, you know, been reading at all. And that's, that's just wonderful. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I find that hard to process, actually. That's such a, that's such a beautiful thing that is, that is happening around this series. It makes me I'm very proud of that. Hey everyone, I'm Bianca Schultz from the Children's Book Review, and this is the Growing Readers Podcast. Today's guest is Aaron Blaby, the number one New York Times bestselling author with around 30 million books in print. He is also the co-executive producer of The Bad Guys Movie by DreamWorks Animation, and that's what we're here to talk about, the adaptation of the illustrated children's graphic novel series. The book series and the movie centers around a gang of anthropomorphic animals known as the bad guys who attempt to perform good deeds to change society's perception of them as criminals, despite their efforts usually going wrong. Let's jump right in. On the outside, the five of you are villains, predators, remorseless sociopaths. Oh, stop, you're making me blush. We're the bad guys. <laughs> and this is the crew. Mr. Snake, Serpentine, Safe Cracking Machine, Magic Houdini, but with no arms. Jackbox, yes. Miss Tarantula, our in-house tech wizard. Where'd you learn to do that? Mostly YouTube. Mr. Piranha, he's brave, <laughs> crazy. What's up, Papa? <laughs> and Mr. Shark, master of disguise. His greatest trick, stealing the Mona Lisa disguised as the Mona Lisa. <gasps> and rounding out the crew is me, the big bad wolf. We may be bad, but we're so good at it. Arrest them! We're out of here. So long, suckers. Don't win, no win. Well, this just got a little weird. No! Wolf! If only we were given a chance to be anything more than criminals. If you want to stay out of jail, you need to go good. What are you doing? We're gonna pretend to go good. The bad guys become the good guys so we can stay the bad guys. You know what I'm saying? It's fantastic! Wolf, you're a genius! <laughs> Welcome to the first day of the rest of your best life. Look, it's a cat stuck in a tree. What does your heart tell you to do? A good person would smack it, in it, stab it, saute it. So, so obvious. I want you to save it. Oh, right, 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 right. right. Guys. We're more than just scary villains. They love us. You're such a good boy. Maybe I don't want to be a, what? a bad guy. No, no, no. We'll always be bad guys. Let's try something simpler. I'm going to give you a push pot. Just for me. No, to share. This is going to taste extra sweet. Nope. Is it? I teach you the shit. <gasps> totally worth it. Hello. 
hello, Aaron Flaby. First of all, I want to thank you for making me a cool mom today because just simply because I'm talking to you. My kids are huge fans of so many of your books. We've got Pig the Pug, Thelma the Unicorn, and of course, your best-selling graphic novel series for junior readers, The Bad Guys. So just first of all, thanks for taking the time to make me a cool mom. <laughs> my, my very great pleasure. I'm, I'm glad that I've been able to have that effect. <laughs> So we're, today we're talking about the bad guys because the series has been adapted into the animated movie by DreamWorks Animation. And I've seen it and it's spectacularly funny. So will you give us a quick spiel on the premise of the movie? Of course. Um, so the movie is, uh, again, it's loosely based on the first four books of the of the series. It is about... A gang of of sh shady animals, Mr. Wolf, Mr. Snake, Mr. Shark, Mr. Piranha, and Mr. Tarantula. They have terrible reputations. Um, they've always been uh, shunned by society, so they embrace that and have become career criminals. But um, they end up making a decision to avoid a prison sentence. They they make a decision to go good. Um, and the, the, the gag is, of course, that they are very, very bad at trying to be good. And it is a story of <clears throat> redemption and also a story of not judging a book by its cover. Um, and it's by, it's, in terms of the, the, the tone of the movie, it is very, very faithful to my, my book series. All right. So where did the original idea for a gang of scary looking animals trying to change their bad reputations even come from? Uh, it came from a, a couple of things. Uh, predominantly, uh, my, I've got two, two sons and they're 14 and 16 now, but when they were young, when they were six and eight, my six-year-old had a series of unforgivably boring books sent home with him from school, uh, those sort of readers, they early readers they sent kids home with, and some of them were just so boring that they would make him cry. And I, I thought, you know what, I, I, just, I could see every night I could see his will to read draining from him. So I thought I want to write him something cooler than this. Um, so at the time he was into scary animals and cool cars, and I had been thinking about doing something about prejudice and about characters being judged because of the way they looked. And those two things kind of clicked together in my head. But then I started to thought of, I was thinking about what did I love when I was his age? And then I thought, you know what, what do I love now? And I started to think about things that aren't for kids like Tarantino movies and heist movies. And I thought, I wonder if there's a way to take the, the iconography, the look and feel of that but make it hotwire it in effect for kids and that's that's and so it was and all of that thought process happened in like a 24-hour period and then by the end of it the bad guys existed and i and i this is true it doesn't sound true but it is when i went i went for a walk and i wrote down the first time i wrote the sort of 25 word description of the story and i texted it to a friend and said what, what do you think of this and um she texted back that sounds like a dreamworks movie and that's true it's absolutely true it happened about nine years ago now that's incredible well isn't it know, amazing so i it kind of leads me to the next question i wanted to ask you because I have a seven-year-old, I have three kids, but my youngest is seven. And before we knew that the bad guys were going to be 
uh, in a movie, we had started reading the books together and he absolutely loves them. And part of when we're reading it, it almost felt like a script. And when, when you're reading it, you can like, I mean, it really lends itself to making great voices for the characters. So it's great for me to read aloud to him. I was wondering, did you always hope that it would be adapted for the screen as you were well, writing it? When, no, with the first book, um, I, I, it was created purely from a, a deep and unadulterated love of movies uh, that they've been central to my existence really since I was a child. I'm a movie obsessive. However, to that point, I had had zero commercial success with my books. Um, other, and that was the year that Pig the Pug came out also. So they both took off. But before that, nothing so I'd, I'd i'd had eight books out but they hadn't sold at all so i th- there was no way it was humanly possible for me to have the audacity to think that this would ever be turned into a movie but because i had such low expectations about it <clears throat> even being published i just thought well you know what i'm going to do exactly the kind of book that i w- would have loved when i was a kid and i just sort of threw caution to the wind. Um, and I wrote it, as you can tell, I, it was it was my version of making a movie, uh, but I knew it was, I just did it in a book. Um, so it, 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 the, the, the books, the Bad Guys books almost read like storyboards from a movie. Um, but that was more for my own personal satisfaction at the time than thinking it would ever actually happen. Um, but then pretty quickly, the first book, it went really well in Australia, but then uh, it hit the book fairs in a, in um, uh, US schools and was an instant hit. It it in in a, the space of a couple of weeks, it's the first one that sold like half a million copies, and which had dwarfed anything I'd ever written before. I'd only ever sold like five thousand copies of a book before, so it was instantaneous. And then, of course, as soon as that happened, all the studios were interested. They could they'd, they'd heard whisperings of this thing that was blowing up in the school system in the states. So uh, yeah, it once once it took off. Um, it took off uh, sort of spectacularly. In fact, I heard the other night at the premiere, I, someone from Scholastic told me that we've just passed 20 million bad guys books. Wow. And we were, we were at 16 um, as far as I knew. So it's like the numbers jumped up 4 million in a very, very short space of time, a few months. Oh, that's incredible. Mm. So while I was watching the movie, I laughed out so many times and I'm not sure if it's the Australian in me, but the fart and the underpants jokes got me every (laughs) single time. Uh, So I'm curious, since you were one of the screenwriters, you know, helping adapt this from your books to the movie, how do you feel about this final cut and the version making this jump from the books to the screen. Oh, look, I adore it. So just to, to, to clarify, I, I wasn't a screenwriter. I was an executive producer on the film, but our screenwriter is a, a, a brilliant man called Etan Cohen, who has written, uh, I, he was the top of my list as screenwriters because I'd admired a number of things he'd written very much in the past. I just thought he was a genuinely funny writer. And I knew that was the thing with, Turning it into a movie, I was very protective of the bad guys. All the and, and a large number of studios wanted it and were sort of pursuing it, and I was really protective because I knew it was kind of a once in a lifetime idea, and it meant more. I'd been looking for the bad guys my whole life. It was something that I had been searching for, and then when I found it, I didn't want to hand it off to anybody who I didn't trust. And and DreamWorks were genuinely the only studio that I felt comfortable with, with this material. And very quickly we put together a list. They did and I did of screenwriters and, and Etan was at the top of both of our lists. But I have been watching 
as producer, I've been across every draft and every cut of the movie and made notes and, and, and what have you. But I must say, for the last, I was going back and forth from LA to Australia all the time. And then, obviously, with the pandemic that stopped for two years, I was just watching the movie, each cut of it on my laptop, and then delivering notes. And then we'd have Zoom calls about it and things. And uh, the first time I saw it finished with was with an audience in Melbourne and then Sydney, uh, just before I came over here. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm in LA at the moment and um, it was, I burst into tears when I saw the finished um, thing on the big screen. It's so beautiful. The animation is just so delicious. And the my job as producer, as far as I was concerned, was just to be the guardian of the, the tone of the books, really, uh, and the relationships between the characters. I didn't really mind where they took the story as such. I knew it would be a cool heist story. There's a whole story team that worked with Etan on, on the, the mechanics of that. <clears throat> but my job was to make sure that the interrelationships between the gang and the comedic tone were were maintained but what was wonderful is Etan uh his kids were big fans of the books and and he didn't want to be the guy who messed up the bad guys (laughs) so (laughs) so that was really wonderful and he he told me that a number of times during the process he was very very conscious of of staying true to it so yeah look I've been very lucky because bad adaptations happen every week um, and authors, uh, you know, there's so many authors who've had their hearts broken by horrible movie versions of their books. So I've been just uh, tremendously lucky. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. There are a lot of people who are avid readers and mostly adults, not the kids, who just don't like to see books made into movies. But I have to admit that I'm a big fan of kids' books being turned into movies. I love film and TV in general, but I personally enjoy seeing how favorite book characters translate off the page. And oh, when it's good, it's yeah. the best. Like, like that's where you that's you're, you're talking to one very happy author at the moment because I mean, I that when it is a success and it's a successful adaptation. And look, and I, look. Who knows? The the movie is just about to be released in the states, and of course, we all have our fingers crossed that it does well. But as far as I'm concerned. The fact that, especially someone who loves movies as much as I do, the fact that I believe a genuinely cool movie has been made from my books is is reward enough as far as I'm concerned. Whatever happens next is just icing. I'm so proud of the film they've made. I just think it's it's really, really special. And it's, it is, you're right, it is wonderful when you see a successful adaptation, you know, artistically successful adaptation of a book to a movie. It's, it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I feel what like what's exciting about your movie is that I, I feel like your books are great for reluctant readers, too. So avid readers as well as reluctant readers. And I can just imagine that this movie 
will have the power to convert a reluctant reader into basically a kid who reads for pleasure. So I can I can see that happening. And I think the conversations that can come from you between watching the movie and reading the book is going to be so great. Uh, that, that's, look, it's, that's very exciting. And the thing I'm, I'm, I guess I'm probably the most, most grateful for and the most proud of is given the numbers of books in print now, when I actually stop and think about that, what it, it hits me that that is, you're right, the books are very popular amongst reluctant readers. And what that means is there are, you know, I, there are literally millions of kids reading these books that may not have, you know, been reading at all. And that's, that's just wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I, I find that hard to process, actually. That's such a, that's such a beautiful thing that is, that is happening around this series. It makes me, I'm very proud of that. Yeah. And like you mentioned before, how you really wanted to make sure that the characters stayed true to how we know them from the books. And I 100% that I think that was totally nailed. So I'm a huge fan of Diane Foxington um, Mm. and the nod to kick butt girls that she brings in the books and the movie. And I have to say that Piranha made me laugh more than I expected while watching the movie. (laughs) So I'm wondering, are you partial to one character in particular? particular or they're all all my children obviously um I love them so much but uh look if I had if if pressed if I had to choose I have to say Mr Snake has always been my person he's my favorite to write because he's the most he's the most complicated and the most he's the most challenged by what they're trying to do and it's funny, I've always, in my head, I've always thought of Snake as being um, almost like a, a recovering alcoholic. He's trying to stay <laughs> on the path of being good, but he really struggles with it and he keeps falling off. And I and I think that makes him so much fun to write. And in the movie, I think they've captured the dynamic, that relationship between Wolf and Snake so beautifully. And Mark Maron's performance as Snake is the, the realisation of all my dreams of what Mr. Snake could have been on screen. I just love what he's done. Like the, the combination of the, the, how the animated, because there aren't, if you actually think about animation history, there aren't many snakes that aren't just an insidious creature in the dark, like a, like a, a villainous figure that is sort of will creep out and, and be, be a threat. This is one of the very first times where you actually have a snake as a sympathetic character in a movie. And DreamWorks worked very hard on how he moved, his body language, the fact that he kind of walks instead of slithers, all of that stuff in combination with Mark has created exactly the kind of character that I had always imagined. That, that, that particularly blows my mind. They're all beautiful, but the, that, that one really takes my breath away. Yeah, actually, you touched on something. I was so curious as to how all the characters were going to look. Were they going to look like a fish out of water, basically? And you're right. Once the movie started, I never even, everything yeah. worked seamlessly. It just, it, everything looked like it was meant to look like. And I never once thought that anything about Snake, you know, having more of a walk look versus a slither. So I'm glad yeah. you, I'm glad you and- mentioned that. And, and, and also, the, um, you've probably noticed in the books, um, piranha and shark don't have legs. But what that means for an animator, it was, it, was, it was a nightmarish thought for the animators to have those characters not be able to walk, given what they had to do. So they, they mentioned it to me originally, that what, how would you feel if we gave them legs? And, I, and I, 
it, it seemed odd to me until they just showed me, they did a little mock-up animation. And as soon as I just immediately accepted it, it was, it was really strange. And I, I don't think there's going to be any kids or audience members out there that will be bothered by that either. It's just, it's done. You just commit to it instantly that that's what they are. That's how they move. That's how they behave. And they also, they all live in a world with humans and you just accept it. You just accept it from the first scene. And, and um, that's, that's really cool. So I don't know if I was imagining it, but I saw a couple of nods to some adult movies in there. One was, I, I, it felt like Ocean's Eleven. Uh, mm. I felt like there was a Thelma and Louise scene. And then I also felt like there was a scene from Point Break. Uh, was I imagining those? Or do you no, were, no were you weren't imagining like? those. They were, they were all absolutely conscious. Um, as, and obviously it begins with a nod to Pulp Fiction too. So there's, there's, that is something that is peppered throughout the books um again I, the part of the joy of those that book series for me is taking images and and, and references to movies that um aren't kids movies uh, so kids often will not get the references but parents will and um there was and that was like a you know a, a red rag to a bull for for the animators they were just they love that and so there was so many opportunities in this movie to sort of nod to classic movies and great directors and uh yes no you or you've spotted all of those references uh accurately great all right well before we go i'm curious what impact do you hope the bad guys has on readers and moviegoers? Oh, look, in, in terms of moviegoers, I think after the last couple of years that we've all just had, I, I would just, nothing would make me happier than to hear that the Bad Guys movie came out and just made a lot of families really happy having a really fun time at the movies. That is my sort of biggest ambition for the film, really. Um, and and the, my, my approach with books, and I feel the same with the movie, is uh, I've always tried to <clears throat> get my sort of mission as an author is to try to get kids to associate books books with fun. I, and given that, there's obviously deeper messaging in the books and the movies. And the, the trick for me is always to try and wrap that up in something that is so entertaining that kids are almost absorbing that message subliminally, you know. But I think if you can have positive messaging inside something that is a whole lot of fun to watch, that makes audiences happy and want to experience more of it, then that's my biggest hope for this. I just hope people have a good time watching it. Yeah. And isn't it so great that we can finally get back into the cinemas and go oh. and watch movies? It's so fabulous. <laughs> it, it haunted me a lot in the last couple of years, I have to say, because we knew, we knew it would be a, a close call and, you know, it just takes another, another strain or some other thing to happen and then it, it all goes south again. So it has been really... Um, really exciting to see that we've you know our release has landed in a in a little window where people are tentatively going back out into the world to watch because i mean i know i certainly missed going to the movies more than anything i just so it is so wonderful to be able to know that people can go and sit in a cinema and watch it on a big screen with great sound and popcorn and just have a good time yeah. Well, thank you so much, Aaron. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Big fan of all of your books, not just the bad guys, but particularly the bad guys. <laughs> and uh, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. See you later. Thank you so much for joining us on this quest for growing readers. 
Be sure to check out our show notes. You'll find links to order copies of the Bad Guys series, and you can check out the Bad Guys movie trailer too. To see which author and illustrator guests we have coming up and how you can be on our podcast and have your questions answered by authors and illustrators, visit us at thechildrensbookreview.com forward slash the Growing Readers Podcast. If you like this show, remember you can hear it on Apple Podcasts, Chromecast, or anywhere else you enjoy listening. Subscribe to the show to get new episodes as soon as they launch. If you're enjoying our book chats, please leave us a review. And while you're at it, tell a friend to come and have a listen. The Growing Readers Podcast is a production of the Children's Book Review. To discover more fantastic books, I hope you'll visit us at thechildrensbookreview.com. Thank you.